Hello and welcome to this second video which is devoted to telecommunication towers. In February 2021, I had devoted a film to the worldwide and American leader of this industry, American Tower. I had compared American Tower with its main European competitor, Cellnex, fast-growing competitor, while questioning the strategy of Vodafone, which considered at that time listing its subsidiary Vantage, its portfolio of towers, but keeping the control of this subsidiary. All these questions led to explore the link between the value of towers and the stock market status of American Tower. But something happened quite recently, which slightly changed the context, the financial context, with very significant consequences on the value of this category of assets. It's the objective of this vidcast to explore the financial process behind that. In November 2020, when Vodafone announces the listing of its towers, dedicated subsidiary Vantage Towers, the company is providing some metrics. So far, we hold 68,000 towers with a commitment for 7,100 additional towers, EBITDA per tower, 10,000 euros, multiplied by gives you an adjusted EBITDA of 680 million euros. And we anticipate that we are going to be able to sell the company for an enterprise value to EBITDA multiple of 25, maybe more, a valuation of 15 to 20 billion euros. Today, the value of Vantage Tower on the stock market is 15 billion euros. In its annual report, American Tower provides plenty of information about the business and its metrics. American Tower is the owner of the Tower of the Mast and is plugging some broadcasting equipment, but the broadcasting equipment does not belong to American Tower. It belongs to Verizon or AT&T or Deutsche Telekom or whatsoever. On an economic point of view, you buy a piece of land or you negotiate a long-term leasehold agreement, you provide some electrical and energy supply equipment, you build the mast, and then you attract one tenant. That's fine. If you have two tenants, basically the costs are a little bit the same, a little bit higher, but just incrementally higher. And if you have three tenants, of course you incrementally bid the cost, but not at the same speed, not at the same rate, at the volume, at the revenues. And the company is providing the metrics. Imagine that you are in the United States, you build a tower, $275,000. The first tenant is going to pay 20,000. The second one is going to pay 30,000. The third one is going to pay 30,000 again. And what about the operating expenses? 12,000, up to 13, up to 14. So you understand that the return on investment is going to be dramatically affected by the number of tenants. It's a 3% return on investment for one tenant, which goes up to 13 for two tenants and 24 for three tenants. So definitely the sensitivity is about the number of tenants. American Tower is a company which experienced huge growth throughout the years. Last year, in 2021, two acquisitions were announced and more or less implemented, at least for one of it. Coresight tells us how much? About 20 billion US dollars for growth. International growth, we'll discuss later. And diversification also for data centers. As a consequence, when you observe in the long term the evolution of revenues for American Tower, it was close to zero in the mid-90s. 
it went closer to 1 billion at the end of this decade, early 2000. And then it started growing at a high rate from 2006, 2007. In 2005, revenues are approximately 1 billion. And in 2021, the revenues exceed 9 billion. So it's an outstanding growth. Now, the revenue is simply the multiplication of the number of revenues multiplied by the revenues per site. Interestingly, the number of sites is growing, which is absolutely fundamental, organic growth, external growth. But interestingly, the revenues per site are declining as a consequence of the internationalization of the business as far as American Tower is concerned. Though when the company was predominantly North American, the revenues per site were about 50 to 60,000. And today it's slightly more than 40,000. Why? Because the revenue per site is lower outside the US rather than in the United States. If you look at the PL of American Tower, of course the commercial profitability is very high. But unfortunately, the assets turnover is very low. And it is obvious when you observe the metrics of the company. $275,000 is what you need to build a tower. Now, the first tenant is paying $20,000. The second tenant is paying $30,000. So if you divide the revenues by the investment, you understand that the asset's productivity is quite low. In fact, up to last year, the asset's turnover was in a range between 0.2 and 0.25%. It went down in 2021 as a consequence of acquisitions for which you already have the cost of the acquisition and not yet the full revenue. But the return capital employed is 5.3 in 2021, which is 33.5% of operating income as a percentage of revenue multiplied by 0.16 of assets turnover. Now 5.3 is lower for accounting reasons. But if you look at the evolution of the return capital, at the beginning of the 2010, you have 10% and 10% and 10%. Then it goes down to 8%, but it is absolutely fixed and seemingly quite predictable. It's also interesting to observe the stability of the dividend yield. The company is a real estate investment trust. Consequence, no corporate tax, no income tax, but as a counterpart, the obligation to distribute more than 95% of the bottom line of the net earnings. If you look at the evolution of the dividend per share, it started growing in 2012, 2013, and then you have a continuous growth in the dividend. And the dividend yield is the dividend of the year divided by the average stock price of the year. And very interestingly, it's very stable at 2%, okay, plus minus peanuts. So if you are an investor, you know, between quotes, that the dividend you are going to receive represents this year about 2% of the stock price. But this dividend is going to go up year after year as a consequence of the growth of the company. So a stability in the rosé and a stability in the dividend yield. The consequence of this observed unperceived stability in the rosé, in the dividend yield, is a change in the stock market status of American Tower. The company deserves, as a REIT, as a real estate company, a beta, a systematic risk coefficient, which is 0 0.5, 0 0.6, 0 0.7, 0 0.8, a bit more than 0.5 and significantly less than 1. 
which was what was happening at the end of the 2000. 2010, 2014, a little bit of change because the company is completely decorrelated from the market. And then back to the status of a REIT share in 2016, 2017. Then it drops. And during the last three years, the company has a beta, which is 0 0.1, 0 0.15, 0 0.18, which is a beta of a bond. When you multiply a beta of 0 0.1, 0 0.2 by 6%, the equity market risk premium on a New York Stock Exchange, you get a risk premium of 0 0.6 to 1.2%. This is a risk premium not of a share, but of a corporate bond whose rating is about triple B minus triple B, triple B plus. Interestingly, when the beta is down, you observe that in the meantime, the multiple enterprise value on EBITDA is significantly up. There was a huge stability starting in 2008 to 2018. The enterprise value to EBITDA is 18, 18 years of EBITDA for the enterprise value. Then it goes up dramatically to 25, 27, 28. And so when the company is perceived as a share, its enterprise value to EBITDA is 18. When it is perceived as a bond, it is 25 to 28. Now it's interesting to go back to the valuation of the company and to the valuation of a tower. To evaluate an asset, you need a kind of growth rate. It's provided by the company in its annual report 2021. An average of 3.8% organic growth for the company as a whole, with different situations according to the geography, 2.9 in US and Canada, 5% in Europe, etc. So we are going to use this matrix to evaluate a tower. But the valuation depends very much on the financial status of the company. For a beta of 0 0.6, 0 0.7, it's a share. You are a read. For a beta of around 0.15, it's a bond, triple B minus. But interestingly, when it is a bond, it means that the cost of debt will exactly match with the cost of equity. Let's make a simple financial calculation. Imagine a tower which generates 50,000 US dollars of revenues. You did the cash operating expenses and a little bit of maintenance capex. How much is left? About $35,500. Now you make this figure grow by 3% per year over 25 years. Contracts for towers, it's 24 or 32 years. Now what makes the difference is obviously the WAC as a consequence of the beta. When the beta is 0.15, the WAC is 3%. And the enterprise value, the value of a tower, represents 23 years of EBITDA. Same growth rate, same period, but a work of 5% as a consequence of a beta of 0.65, the value is down to 19 years of EBITDA. So you understand that this change in stock market status, at least theoretically, creates a value which is four years of EBITDA. Now, what did we observe? The change in the status moved the enterprise value to EBITDA from 18 to 27, and even 28 in 2021 as an average. So you understand that there was a kind of overshooting. The change in the status is justifying four years of EBITDA, not nine to ten years of EBITDA. You remember at the beginning, I told you that something changed in the context. If you calculate the beta, not the average beta of the year, but a kind of a moving average, 36 months moving average beta. 
what do you get? Roughly the same profile as before. But interestingly, during the last months, there is a change because the beta is gradually moving up. If you look at the last 36 months of correlation beta, you get something which is 0.5. The previous financial status of American Tower was it's a share. Then it moved down to it's a bond and it's gradually getting up, maybe back to the status of a share. Now, on a theoretical point of view, when you calculate the value of a tower, if you move the beta from 0.18, which was its average in 2021, to 0.5, which is a current situation of the beta in May 2022, what happens to the enterprise value to EBITDA multiple? It should be down by 3.5. And then you go back to the graph in the long term, enterprise value divided by EBITDA. The history was 18. It goes up in 2019 to 25, then 27, then 28. And in May 2022, it's down from 28 to 24.5. So you understand that the observation, the reality, the practice is from 28 to 24.5. Now, what is proposed by the theory is observed in reality, which is quite interesting. Now, what will happen tomorrow? Maybe tomorrow the beta will keep on going up and might reach 0 0.6, 0 0.7, why not 0.8? Now, what will happen to the beta in the future? Nobody knows. But today it's 0.5, it might go up to 0 0.6, 0 0.7, or even 0.8. You remember that the dividend yield, dividend divided by stock price, is 2%, it's quite stable and it's fantastic compared with the interest rates at that time. Long-term government bonds, 1.2. Now the long-term government bond rate is up. What's going to happen to the stock market status of American Tower tomorrow? It's going to be obviously extremely interesting to observe. But let's go back to the rationality of the telecommunication operators. They looked at their assets in their balance sheet and they realized that these assets were completely over-evaluated for some reasons which were probably not going to last long. What did they do? They took that as an opportunity in order to generate plenty of cash. What I observed in the 90s when the industrial firms sold their head offices to professionals in the real estate business is that the professionals bought the head offices at a price which was higher than the value. To conclude, what I just described is absolutely consistent with the philosophy of this platform. You are an industrial firm. You need to understand the financial rationality. Then it will allow you to realize value creation with strategic moves. You have some strategic priorities. If you understand the value creation process behind all these strategic alternatives, you will be able to maximize the value of the company. But for an industrial firm, for its managers, for the C-level, it's fundamental to be extremely aware of the financial rationality. Thank you very much.